This is episode 176 of the 200 Churches Podcast. I mean, our denominational papers are littered with, with numbers of, of who has this many and how much money. And, you know, I, sometimes I call it the killer bees. You've probably heard that. The, uh, yeah, the, the sure. killer bees, the, the, the bodies, the budgets, and the buildings. That's how we, that's mm. how we, determine, that's yeah. how we determine our own worth. And pastors struggle if, if you're not there, but you know you're called of God yeah. to an area, to a small town, to a certain community, to a certain group of people. You can feel like, hey, I'm, I'm missing out. I'm not being valued. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, our value has to come from the calling that God has placed on our heart. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Big Mac and Whopper of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig, and I'm here in the opulent and luxurious, the wood-paneled, gold-gilded, platinum-encrusted 200 Churches studio with... Man, we can't be lying, Johnny. (laughs) We do not have platinum in the studio. You're right. The platinum was over the top. It was Uh, was across the line. I am Jeff Cady, the other half of the one... I'm 100 of 200 churches. I like that. And we are in the studio today. It is it is air conditioned uh, luxury. It's I feel 37 a degrees. Well, I feel a little in the guilty studio right now because there are there are people serving in places where there is no air conditioning. We have to let Michael introduce himself. <laughs> well, we, we're going to get to him. He's at the end over here, and we'll get to him. All right. We do have a guest with us live in the studio. That's the best kind guest would you introduce yourself i'm michael nations michael nations nations middle name united sh shuns or yes n-a-t-i-o-n-s oh just like nations united nations that's why i said middle name united (laughs) i didn't get it johnny i was looking at him and you know i missed stuff in the studio it was a funny joke it was a funny joke (laughs) i miss stuff when it's just you and me i know now we've got two other people i'm gonna be missing left and right michael you have such a Midwestern sounding accent. Oh, really? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Where are you from, Michael? I'm from Clyde, North Carolina, which is near Asheville, North Carolina, because nobody knows where Clyde is. Sure. I don't know where Asheville is. Are you serious? I I mean, the only time I've been in North Carolina is when I drove through on 95 one time, a couple times, and then I spent some time in the Outer Banks. But other than that, Asheville is where? You missed the good part. Asheville is in <laughs> western North Carolina, which right. is in the mountains, the Great oh, Smoky Mountains. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, wow. Which is a beautiful uh, area. Very and, nice. Uh, yeah, Clyde is about 20 minutes from Asheville, further okay. west toward Tennessee. So, uh, beautiful place. You need to come. So, you're, you're, you're out the holler. Yeah, yeah, there's hollers there. Okay. <laughs> there's the hollers there. Well, there you go. I'm not sure what that even means, Johnny. I'll, I'll just be honest. There's a couple hollers, two or three cricks, yeah, but you know. So so the story with Michael is that when, when I went to that big little church conference in Portland, yes. I was uh, I was putting together the boxes in my in my present in my uh, breakout all, room. All twelve people who were there understand what you're talking about. Well, well the boxes, you know, the boxes. Sure, the box. Yeah, 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 the, together the, come boxes on, the boxes. Yeah, for my presentation in the breakout group, and these two guys walk in, and Michael is one of them. 
Yeah. And we start talking. And so, Michael, you and I were in Portland together. We were at that conference. You, I think, were the furthest traveled one to get there since it's, you know, all the way across the country. Uh, but we got introduced there. We had a little conversation and we followed up and you said you were coming to our area and here we are in the studio. But you started something that is, is fascinating to Johnny and I. Because as you talk, we just see ourselves and the things that we've talked about. It's like a well. It's like a well created version of what we wanted to do, Jeff. Well, we want to. We're going to. We're going <laughs> to make him an offer. <laughs> we're going to buy him out. This. Yeah, we we want to buy him out. We want to. <laughs> we want to combine the vital initiative with two hundred churches, and we only want Michael for his uh, for his administrative prowess. Vital. Oh. Vital. 200. 200 vitals? 200 over 180. Vital churches. The vital. In the 200 range. <laughs> Blood pressure. All right. Okay, so Michael, tell, yeah. us, uh, tell us what you're doing right now. Tell us about yourself. You're the guest. Why are you uniquely qualified to talk to small church pastors? And then tell us about the vital initiative. Tell us your story. It's a, it's a fascinating story. I love to. Uh, first of all, I am happy to be here in the opulent and there it is. wonderful studios at here. At 200churches.com. Have you ever it's been amazing. in a recording studio like this? Uh, I have never <laughs> been in anything like this before in my life. It It is uh, it's amazing. One of a kind. It's amazing. It's yeah. one of a kind. Yeah. The craftsmanship. Very, very, it is. Yeah. You're right. You're and right. if you need to feast on some of the fare <laughs> during the recording, I can always edit out the chewing. Oh, okay. goodness. It, yes. Wonderful, wonderful. I, I really, it's like they knew who was coming and got exactly what I would want. So All it's right. uh, it is. It's amazing. Cool. Very it's amazing. Cool. I am glad to be here. And uh, uh, the Vital Initiative is a ministry to pastors of small churches. And I, um, I want to just, I guess, go back and talk about the history and how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 2006, which is uh, a long time ago, ten years ago, I was at uh, a church conference, a general assembly, is what we call it in the Church of God. And uh, I, I, um, I just had a thought that came into my heart and my mind and uh, realized uh, about the small church uh, uh, demographic in our denomination, but I didn't realize how deep it was and how many small churches we really had. I knew there was at least one small church because it was me. And I, <laughs> I was the guy that uh, wasn't keeping up. I was the guy uh, that uh, was uh, having 50, 60 in church, and I was the oddball. Uh, that's the way I felt. At that meeting, uh, I felt uh, in, in my heart that I needed to look a little deeper into this, so I spent, uh, I spent three months uh, at, at a, a seminary, a library, researching, uh, researching Internet uh, uh, information. And what I come up with is that my denomination, the Church of God, uh, is predominantly a denomination of of small churches. Church of God, Cleveland. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's yes. be clear. Church okay. of God, Cleveland. Not not Anderson or Church of God in Christ, but Church of God, Cleveland. All Tennessee. wonderful denominations. Cleveland, yes. Tennessee. You're, you're Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah. Cleveland, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> correct. Correct. And and in our in our church, uh, according to our 2012 statistics, we have 6,575 churches in the United States and Canada. Well, what I found was that 5,260 of those churches have less than 100 in Sunday morning worship, which means 80% of our churches uh, have less than 100 uh, in Sunday morning worship, which means 8 out of every 10 pastors you meet pastors a church just like me. 
So my question was, why do I feel so weird? Why do I feel mm. like the oddball? Why, sure. why do I feel like I'm the guy that's not getting it, and I'm the guy that just can't get, do anything right? Yeah. So that started the journey. I, I penned a, uh, a, 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 I call it a book, but you know that's stretching it a little bit. It's more like, <laughs> it's more like sixty-two pages. Change of, your of margins, writing. and you'll uh, be fine. Yeah, a bigger type, <laughs> and I could have a full-fledged book. Sure, sure. <laughs> But uh, And it just uh, described uh, how I felt and described uh, the importance of small churches, and I called it the VITAL Initiative. And VITAL is actually an acronym, which uh, means uh, value, integrate, train, appreciate, and launch. Okay. Which each, each pastor is valuable in the kingdom of God, and so the goal is, is that they be treated as such. And so... That's that's the vision and the passion that I have uh, coming from a, as a small church pastor. So it doesn't matter the size of their church. They're a pastor, they're shepherding a congregation, and they're valuable. So that's part of the valued. Yes, and that, yes. And that's what the V is for, valued? Yeah. Uh, v- yes, to value each pastor. Because, uh, you know, I don't think God is surprised uh, that we have small churches uh, all over the country. I don't think that catches him off guard, and he says, "Oh, what are we going to do about this?" <laughs> sure. I, 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 I think uh, that God uh, knows what He's doing, and I think that God has placed small churches strategically across yeah. the country, even in our denomination and other denominations, where if we begin to see ourselves differently, uh, then uh, the plan of God is actually going to come to fruition through small churches. Now, I'm not opposed to large churches uh, or megachurch. I really like them. They do really cool stuff. Yeah. But I do believe there's a special place and an important place for uh, pastors of, of small churches and, and for the small churches themselves. You use the term see themselves. Reminds me of the grasshopper myth, right, yes. with Carl Vader. It talks about how we see ourselves. And it also reminds me of the word, you use the word ethos, you know, creating a different ethos. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But let me ask you, where'd you connect with us? When did you hear of 200 churches? I I was actually, uh, I'm not sure, three, uh, I think about three years ago, I was in Mississippi speaking at a conference and uh, uh, with the Vital Initiative. And there was a a gentleman, uh, a pastor came up after my session and thanked me for my words. And he said, also, uh, there's this great uh, podcast that I listen to regularly, and he mentioned 200churches.com, and he said I need to check it out, and I agree with him. It is a a regular sense of uh, encouragement, and it's a blessing what you guys do, a blessing to pastors and small churches. So thank you for what you do. Well, we are, we're glad to do it, and I don't think we understood when we started just what an important work it was um, to do it. Uh, I think that we wanted to start a podcast and we're just spitballing ideas around and landed on this. It's Providence is how I might talk about it because we had no idea of the whole world of small church, you know, need Uh, all these pastors needed encouragement and they just come out of the woodwork. Now uh, we get emails and and messages and things like that. Just telling us it's so valuable what you do. I mean, people have told us I, I was ready to quit the ministry and then I found your podcast and was so encouraged that I, you know, stuck around, which is, I, I can't think of a more incredible thing to hear. So, so you do a lot. I mean, all your work is with small churches. You do a lot of speaking at conferences, speaking at district retreat type things. That's, that's how our denomination would call it. But talk about what, what the vital initiative goes out and does. What do you as the face of the vital initiative do 
to encourage and equip small church pastors? All right. Well, first of all, I am a small church pastor, so uh, I don't have to uh, uh, guess what these guys are experiencing. Sure. I, I, I know that. So uh, uh, You're a client. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and the journey of the Vital Initiative has been very challenging uh, because small church pastors, I call it ecclesial clout. We don't have very much ecclesial clout. We, we, we. I like your vernacular. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's good. That is we good. don't have ecclesial clout. Yeah, go ahead. That's perfect. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're guys, uh, you, you know, that are looked at like they just don't get it. Right. Uh, they don't understand how it works, and and uh, and and I'm finding the opposite to be true. I'm finding uh, small church pastors to be very on target, very centered in ministry, very concerned about people which is actually what the Lord asked us to do, is to be shepherds to right. people and to care about people and to love people. I, I find uh, pastors in small churches that do that. So so what I do, actually, I spend my time pastoring my church. And then in our denomination, I've tried to stay focused in the church of God uh, on purpose and, and very intentionally because I am church of God and I, sure. love, I love the movement of the church of God. Uh, and uh, so... I do. I kind of wait for uh, bishops from different places to hear about the vital initiative and and call me. And I call them and I bug them sometimes with letters and phone calls, because in my state of Western North Carolina, we have uh, about 300 churches. And out of those 300, 81 percent of them have less than 100. And I'm one of those. So if a bishop is interested in actually impacting the majority of his pastors... Oh, I like it. I uh, like this a lot. <laughs> then he, he should focus on, on the, yeah. the smaller churches. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do have those conversations, and I've found the bishops to be very open, to be very interested in what I'm doing, and uh, so, so it's, it's a growing movement. So yes, to answer your question in a rather long, winding way, no, it's good. Uh, is, is I do speak at conferences. I, I speak with, uh, I call them gatherings. We call them vital pastors gatherings. And when we gather together, we try to make it within two hours of where the pastor is because many pastors are bivocational. We try to have them in the evenings. A Friday evening, uh, and then on Saturdays, where hopefully bivocational guys can join us, uh, and and we just get together and we talk about issues uh, uh, that are uh, impacting small churches, uh, impact all churches, but there are some issues that are very impactful for small churches, and so we talk about those. We usually try to have a a meal and a time of fellowship and encouragement and laughter. And I I haven't ever had anybody leave a meeting and say, boy, that was a waste of time. Uh, As a matter of fact, I usually get calls or or a a text or an email, you know, thank you uh, for for the meeting. And and so uh, that that is what we do. And um, so we're we're continuing to expand. Uh, You know, we have I have facilitators in different states. So that help bring the vital initiative to the attention uh, of the of the bishop and and other people. And in Virginia, we have a wonderful thing going on in Virginia. The whole state. There's a facilitator there named Robert Meredith. He pastors in Rocky Mount, uh, Virginia. But they have a, a board that's appointed in each region of Virginia, and uh, we're moving across Virginia. Uh, to to encourage every small church pastor to bring them on board to let them know what you're doing is important. Yeah, and so uh, that that's that's what we're involved in, and it's very 
Very exciting. Western North Carolina. We're in about 15 states that we're trying to impact people. So I'm wondering, you, you talked about realizing the need for this in 2006. And then you spent a couple months and you did some research. And you probably, like us, saw that there was a huge lack of any encouragement, any resources, particularly for pastors of small churches, right? And then you spent some time and you wrote that, you know, 60-page book that you talked about. Didn't do anything with it. It just kind of, that was just coming out of you and it represented what was in your heart. And that was 2006. How was it that you brought it to the attention of the leadership of the Church of God denomination? And, and how long did that take, and, and how did you accomplish that? Working in a denomination is extremely uh, uh, difficult, and uh, I have to be very careful with my, <laughs> with my words here. Sure. Uh, but you can say anything uh, in, the, in the studio. Oh, because okay. what stays, what's, you know, what said, how does that go, Johnny? What happens in the studio stays in the studio. Thank you. Yeah, Except what he for said. when everybody listens to it. <laughs> Oh, that, oh, that's right. That's right. That, does, that doesn't work, does it? Yeah. But speak, speak freely. Speak freely. Speak please. as freely yes, as you can without yes. losing your job. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Uh, yeah, from 2006, and uh, I, I continued to talk to people in, in the denomination because, once again, we go back to that ecclesial clout thing. Sure. You know, I'm a small church pastor. Uh, not you know in a denomination most things come from denominational headquarters and work down and we're usually the last guys to hear about it yeah uh, but having a something work from the bottom which was me uh, to the top would would be unheard of uh, but I have to say I, I have uh, uh, some bishops in in the Church of God have been so supportive. Uh, I have to say that uh, Dr. Raymond Culpepper, a general overseer, was very uh, supportive and embracing of me. But uh, Dr. Mark Williams, our current uh, presiding bishop over the entire Church of God, uh, has has really uh, been a blessing in, in my life and a blessing to pastors of small churches all across yeah. the Church of God. Uh, he has uh, helped me and, and moved the vital initiative to a to a more of a place of prominence. We still have a lot of work to do, sure. Uh, because th- there's an issue when you start talking about small church pastors, and you start talking about what they need. The immediate thing people say they need is growth. Yeah. You need more people. Uh, that's what you need. People, not the pastors, though, right? That's not what they're saying. Right. It's no. people say that about small churches. Yeah, denominational leaders say that yeah, about right, small right. churches. And and conference speakers say that about small churches. Well, you, you only need... become a denominational leader or a conference speaker if first you were a pastor of a small church or a big church, right? Uh, well, usually that's how it happens. That's kind of the ladder <laughs> to climb, isn't it? Yeah, so... So there is that disconnect there, and yeah. that's one thing the Vital Initiative is trying to hold true to. I do want to see churches grow, but I think yeah. there's something that has to happen before that because I'm convinced, and the Vital Initiative presents, that it doesn't really matter what kind of information you give pastors. If they're at that disconnected, depressed place where they don't hear any good, it's not going to help them at all. So we want to go there and began to let them know, hey, you're important to God, you're important to the church of God. And so that's where a lot of our work is, is dealing with pastors that that uh, feel like, hey, I don't matter to anybody. 
And so if your work don't matter and your ministry don't matter, it's easy just to check out. It's easy just to just to let all that go uh, by the wayside. So we spend a lot of time talking to pastors, and, and in our meetings we encourage them, and we, we talk about them to change the way they see themselves. And the word ethos comes up to change an ethos in a denomination where small church pastors are actually valued, where where we actually embrace the work they do is a very challenging thing because uh, denominations are geared toward toward growth, and we we always put on display the guys that are growing. And that I'm not coming as a jealous pastor here, but I am saying there's a lot of guys that are working extremely hard yeah. in small communities, even in large cities, but in small areas of those large cities on the margins, helping people that large churches really don't have a desire to help. Uh, but that's the areas that the Vital Initiative wants to bring light to and bring uh, uh, resourcing to. We've talked a lot on this podcast, but what you're saying, Michael, is making a connection for me that I never necessarily made, and that is that denominationally pastors are beaten up for being small. We know that, right, as a a church culture, we're beaten up for being small, right, because the, the big guys hold the big conferences and talk the big talk and invite each other to be best friends and super buds and whatever but so super buds super buds that's right <laughs> but small churches on the denominational level so often are we're we're um subjected to the same thing where we go to our uh general council general assembly whatever you call it and the people on the platform are the people who speak in them are the pastors of the mega churches and the denominational leaders are people who have climbed the ladder from the mega churches and everything kind of seems to center around growth is your next step to power in the denomination is your next step to ecclesiological clout or ecclesiastical clout whatever and that's interesting to me and I've, i don't think i've ever thought about it in those terms where it's specifically denominations that do that. I think church culture does that, but that happens on the denominational level too. And I think that's what makes what you're doing more impressive to me because we're talking to everybody, right? We're, we're just shooting this thing out to everybody. And 95% of our listeners are pastors, not denominational leaders, not, you know what I'm saying? They're small church pastors. You're going to the top. Like you said, right? Nobody starts on the bottom. You're like Drake, right? You started on the bottom, now you're at the top, right? So you're going to the top. You don't get that, Jeff. You're too old. But you're going to the top and saying, this is important. We need to look at this. That's, that's, an, incredible, that's an incredible thing. I'm, I'm not really, that really changes the game, I think, denominationally when a church, when a denomination says we value our small churches. That would change a lot for small church pastors. I'm reminded that, um, I'm reminded, Michael, that when, Johnny and I spoke with our the president of our denomination, John Stumbo. We talked about the difference between small church pastors, large church pastors, and the attention and all that. And and he, uh, I think he was a little bit. He tried not to be, but I think he was a little bit offended that we would insinuate that the small church pastor was getting less attention, and and probably rightly so that he was offended because then what he said to us was when I sit down with a group of pastors, I don't ha- I don't put numbers on their foreheads. They're just, they're colleagues, they're brothers right. from the president of our denomination. He's saying he doesn't think that way. And then that's not how he looks at pastors. However, 
in the structure of an organizational Bingo. structure, Bingo. this just it just happens. Yeah, it's not an overt bias. Right, right. So how can denominational right. leaders then, how can denominations structure themselves and organize themselves so that small church pastors uh, feel that affirmation and are also brought into the process of, hey, let's make all our churches healthier? What do you think about that? I think that's a uh, very accurate, and uh, I was talking about offending folks, and you know I'm inviting our our leaders in the Church of God to listen to this podcast, so they will be listening to me. And uh, <laughs> don't they, be offended. I, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I love, I love you. Uh, and and the truth, I've never really uh, been allowed to speak openly about these things. These are some of those things you write in the in your office, you know, in the corner where no one will see. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the margins of your notepad, yeah. But you, you've uh, you've accurately described what what occurs. It is a systemic issue, right? A structural issue. It's not an issue of the heart. These men that I've met, uh, overseers, uh, bishops, leaders that I've met, they're not saying, "Oh, let's kill all the small churches." Right. It's just something that happens in the in the the way we do our business. Yes. Uh, and and I think we have to be very careful. And one thing I have focused on, and the Vital Initiative focuses on, is let's don't talk about numbers. Let's talk about stories. Let's create a narrative. Let's have pastors to tell their story of ministry. Because the number doesn't tell everything. Now we're Wesleyan, so we're going to count stuff. He counted everything. So, so, uh, you know, so we come from that heritage, and so we're going to count all kind of things, uh, and and we do. I mean, our denominational papers are littered with with numbers of of who has this many and how much money, and you know, I, sometimes I call it the killer bees. You've probably heard that. The uh, yeah, the, the sure. killer bees, the 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 bodies, the budgets, and the buildings. That's how we. That's mm. how we determine. That's yeah. how we determine our own worth. Uh, and and pastors struggle if if you're not there, but you know you're called of God yeah. to an area, uh, to a small town, to a certain community, to a certain group of people. You 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 can feel like, hey, I'm 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 missing out. I'm not being valued. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, our value has to come from the calling that God has placed on our heart. I told pastors just recently in a conference and it got a chuckle, but I, I meant it. If you're pastoring today, you're pastoring for two, one of two reasons. Either you're called of God or you're crazy. <laughs> uh, so I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't see, uh, I, I, I just don't see most people saying, oh, this is my occupation of choice. Uh, because it's it's one of the most stressful places you can be, it's, it's one of the most tiring places you can be, and one of the places where where your self esteem really will take a hit for things that you really had nothing to do about. Yeah. So so these are these are the issues, and to ask what denominations can do um, uh, is to actually be conscious of the ministry that's taking place. Let, let, instead of focusing on the results of ministry, let's focus on the ministry itself. Are you doing the things? Right. What are some things we should count as pastors? Naturally, we should count folks that come to faith. That's something we should count. Attendance is fine to count. But what about, uh, what, what if we were, were to say, well, well let's count uh, uh, how many times you went to the hospital and, uh, uh, and, and you prayed with someone that's sick. You know, mm. that's a good thing to keep up with. Or for a pastor, how many times did you kiss your wife this month? You know, uh, silence crickets. 
<laughs> no, oh, hey, that's true. Now, Johnny, you're on the one end of life. I'm on the other. I'll affirm that one. You said I get a lot of kisses? Well, you're still 20-something, so you don't even think about it. I got four babies. It. But when you... Uh, when When is yeah. there time to kiss before oh, kids running around? You've got all your kissing done in your 20s? <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, wow. As I often say, this is a religious problem. Well, I didn't say anything. You don't want to get off into the weeds here. So no, you but said, that's how many good. times do you kiss your wife? How many yeah. times have you been to yeah. the hospital? I like that one, yeah. too. That's uh, or, fantastic. Or how, many, how many of your kids' ball games did you show up Yeah, for? Amen. Uh, the, the, these are things we, we talk about, uh, you know, making sure pastors are valued, but, uh, the important thing is the pastor models life for his congregants, for his parishioners, it, and, especially in a small church. Yeah. Especially in a small church. I mean, in a large church, the pastor never meets his congregants. Uh, you know, how does, exactly right. how does he model his life? But in a small church, right? We're missional, right? We're on mission just with our life. So that's an excellent point. Exactly. And so some of the stuff that we count seems to be really, really off base, especially if that's the only thing we count. Right. I mean, I don't have a problem with counting things, but let's count all the stuff or at least the right stuff. And, and let's, uh, let's focus on the idea of the calling of God. And you can't, uh, every, everything is not the same measure and the, the number doesn't weigh the same. Uh, depending on on where you are, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think denomin and I pre- like I say, I do appreciate the Church of God. I appreciate uh, our our uh, presiding bishop, and he he allows me many times. I'll ask, can I speak openly? And he's always said yes. So I've sure. been able to say, and you still have a job, uh, right? Right. There you go. Uh, as Amen. a matter of fact, in one of our conversations, he asked me going forward, what do you see is one of the needs for pastors. In, in the Church of God moving forward. And I, and I told him, I said, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to offend our universities, but pastors are probably going to have to learn to do something else except preach. Sure. Uh, we're moving to a bivocational form of ministry. And not all pastors will, will, will do that, but I, I think it would be good to, to start focusing. That's a whole other story. But uh, So you're, you were bivocational before you started doing your work with the Vital Initiative. What did you do, and how many years were you a bivocational pastor? Uh, for uh, uh, for fifteen years, I, I I worked bivocationally. I pastor there in Clyde, and our church uh, right now we have eighty five members, I think, and we have anywhere between fifty and seventy five in church, depending on how many feels like getting up on Sunday. So uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh, uh, so uh, bef- before. Uh, the Vital Initiative, and my son was in college, and uh, he's out of college, thank God. Uh, uh, and uh, so uh, I, I had a, a job. I worked construction. I was a foreman uh, for a, a company that installed fire sprinklers in industrial complexes. So so I, I had a had a company truck, a company credit card. I had a crew I was responsible for. Okay. So, I, you know, I was kind of the boss, and that helped some because if I had to take off but at the same time, it added pressure because I know what it's like to come home for Wednesday night Bible study, and it starts at seven and it's six thirty, and you're still in the truck driving to the house. Yeah. So wow. you slide in, you you go in, take a quick shower, and run to the church and have Wednesday night Bible study with the with the folks that are there. And uh, and I also know what it's like to feel tired and don't want to go to church. Sure. So uh, it helped me to understand where some of my my uh, congregants are, are coming from yeah. wh- wh- why they miss service and uh, not that we should ever miss service, but sometimes, <laughs> amen. Uh, <laughs> amen. Uh, but that was, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, the bivocational aspect uh, is is very uh, real in our world today, yeah. real for small church pastors. Uh, because some of these pastors, you know, I was in a meeting. Uh, I, I didn't tell you this. I was actually, a few years ago, I was put on what's called the National Pastors Advisory Council in the Church of God, which is a neat idea. So I was put on there. I served on there for two years, and then they and then they closed it down. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they say we don't have money to have a National Pastors Advisory Council. And any Church of God guys listening, we really need that again. So let's let's have that. But you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) But but in one of those meetings, it was really funny because Dr. Culpepper had had put me on there, and he said, "Michael, I knew you would speak your mind, and you come from the small church perspective." And I appreciated him for doing that. Uh, but in one of the meetings, we had a guy come in and talking about the downturning the economy and how that we were going to have to lay off staff and how, uh, you know, how it was going to be really tied and, and you know, we're going to have to <laughs> dig into certain other streams of income and all that. And I'm sitting there, you know, I've got I've got uh, 80 members and and uh, I'm thinking, oh, lay off staff, that's going to be rough. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, so. Uh, uh, the the chairman of the committee asked me, said, Michael, how do you feel about it? I said, well, I tell you what, my staff is feeling really nervous right now because if there's anybody cut, it's me. I can't <laughs> yeah. pass it on to anybody <laughs> yeah, else because right. I, I get the cut. And so that brought a realization to that's where most pastors are. Right. Uh, most small church pastors, don't they don't live – uh, they live on the edge of extinction almost because with with health care cost with uh, all of the uh, all of the things that they have to pay for yeah. and being bivocational and college costs with families um you know uh, you know the pastors serve under a tremendous load and for denominations to add to that load i don't think that's the call of the denomination right and I, I I I think the vital initiative is helping in that area to say, hey, listen, you're important, you're valuable, keep doing what you're doing, and if we can help, we we love to provide any resources, any insight. But here's a novel idea the vital initiative has: Have you ever been to a conference before, and the speakers were really answering great questions? They were offering great information, but they were not answering any the any of the questions you were asking. I have. So, so the vital initiative, the novel idea we have is ask the guys what they want to know and then craft uh, gatherings that will answer those questions. Hmm. Craft the, the, the conference, craft the, the uh, uh, information for where they are and what they need to hear and what they need to know. And I think more pastors will, will come and, and be a part of meetings like that where their point of view is validated and it's valuable and it's talked about. And so that's what we're finding in our meetings is, you know, that's, that's real encouraging. Well, Michael, I'm glad you're sticking around for another episode. Okay, yes. we're going to yes, do another yes. one here. But uh, if anybody needs to get a hold of you, what's your website? You can email me, michaelnations at thevitalinitiative.com. That's thevitalinitiative.com. Okay. Uh, or go to thevitalinitiative.com and, and you can find our website. If there. you are Church of God Cleveland, uh, Michael will work with you guaranteed. If you're not, you can coerce him a little bit. And maybe he'll give it a shot. You haven't strayed out of the Church of God yet, but I promise you, Michael, there's pastors who are not part of your denomination who are, are burning up listening to you talk that would be glad to have you. So uh, you can try to pull Michael away <laughs> from his Church of God duties. Good luck to, to you on that. But if you are Church of God uh, and uh, you've enjoyed listening to Michael, you can get a hold of him there at 
thevitalinitiative.com or michaelnations at thevitalinitiative.com. And Michael, we're going to talk to you again next month. All right. For you, it'll be in two minutes, but next month for everybody else. (laughs) You look like, I'm not coming back next month. (laughs) So was it Michael at thevitalinitiative.com? Michael Michael Nations. Okay. Michael Nations. Nations. All right. And we'll put it all up on the the, uh, blog post for this episode. I don't know what episode this is off the top of my head. Who knows, Johnny? So we'll put it up, though. Along with this episode, you can go to 200churches.com, search for this episode, and you can find a bunch of information from Michael Nations. Michael, thanks so much for being with us today. All right. Great. Michael, you're a brother from another denomination. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the 200 Churches podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. Okay, how's this? Does that work or? I think it's just got a quieter voice than us. That's okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to put them down just in here. Oh, look at you. All right. Yeah, I want to sound good now. Okay. This is important stuff. Last time we had somebody with this kind of southern accent, I think, was Chad Payne. Oh, yeah. (sighs) But he's like, Chad Payne. Chad Payne got the (laughs) room. That's it right there, yeah. Yeah, the accent thing really throws me because I don't hear it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Do I'm talking any different than you. Else? No, no, I you talk normal. <laughs> Is that like Rob? Yeah. Hey, you guys! I was looking at uh, Rocky TV Marathon. Yeah, I can <laughs> Philly I can hear that. Yeah. <laughs>